Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snow. Stove's newest product, Pie. Pie first met Rollin Schuster at the Edison Fly Fishing Show. You may have heard that brief interview a few years back, and you definitely should have listened to my interview with his daughter, Abby. It's now time for Rollin to have his own dedicated show. Rollin has been in the insurance business for a long time and recently added outdoor industry clients, including guides like myself. My yearly insurance cost was cut in half when I joined Cross Currents. We talk all about his life in insurance and fishing fresh and salt water, the Grateful Dead, turkey extravaganzas, striped bass and mako sharks. If you want to support this show, please purchase your Solo Stove products through the link on my website. Have your friends and family use the same link. Every purchase helps support this podcast. Create new meaningful moments right in your own backyard with thoughtful wood fire design. Inspired by the time-honored tradition of Italian pizza chefs, Pie is the choice pizza oven for any backyard artisan. Pie features the timeless craft of pizza making, optimized for heat distribution and minimal heat loss because you want to bake longer with less fuel and better results. Dual fuel capability is about combining authenticity and modern convenience. Pie can be used with wood or the convenience of propane-fueled flames. Readily adapt to propane fuel with the ultimate pie accessory, gas burner. Pie's well-rounded design features solo stove, signature airflow, and demi-dome construction, creating enhanced convection bake after bake. Go to robsnowwhite.com, click on the solo stove link for more information. If this is your first time listening to the show, yes, my last name really is Snow White. Rollin, you are where currently today? Right now I'm on Martha's Vineyard out on Chappie at our house here. So it's a beautiful day. A little chilly, but a beautiful day. And I see you've got a large straight bass plaque mount outline. What would you call that on the wall behind you? That's a um, steel carving of a striper a good buddy of mine gave me. So it's it's kind of a cool thing. So That's very cool. And do you have a celebrity doppelganger? Maybe people haven't met you at the fly shows. 
they want to picture you as somebody, who would you suggest that maybe you've been stopped on the island and someone said, hey, say, aren't you? <laughs> My kids don't think so, but probably the most I've been asked about is looking like Jim Boham, who's the uh, Syracuse basketball coach. So we have very similar, very similar hairline, glasses, you know, probably same vintage. Um, so I think that's probably the closest that I get. All right. We're going to dress you up and parade you around Syracuse one day and see what we can get for free. Right? Absolutely. Filled, filled with orange and see where it takes us. Yes. All right. So you're on the vineyard. Are you a native to the vineyard? No, we've been coming out here. I've owned a home here for about a decade, but we used to vacation here many years ago when the kids were real young and then took a break. And um, my home home is in just outside of Hartford, Connecticut, a town called Simsbury, where I pretty much grew up a good part of my life and, and have a great homestead there. My primary office is there, but spend as much time as I possibly can out here on the vineyard. So, And you have one child out on the vineyard? Yeah, Abby, I have three kids. Three kids. So Abby lives out here uh, full time. She is very pregnant. I was about to say, she's expecting. She's four days overdue. So um, she's tiny. I might get a call during this podcast to say, hey, pops, get moving. Congrats. (laughs) Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's exciting. Really exciting. I have a daughter, Avery, who is an artist. And a pretty fishy girl herself. Um, she lives outside of Boston. And then my son, Lars, I'm a great fisherman. He is out in Bozeman, Montana right now. But he'll come back and guide for Abby during the summer and work the shop. That's fantastic. Did you grow up as an angler and then further introduce that to your family? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it's my fault. All the kids fish. But I just loved it ever since I can remember. I think my earliest fishing memories was my grandmother had a pond on her property and I used to go down there and catfish. Um, this is in Connecticut and bring them home. You know, there's all, there's no such thing as catch and release back in those days and put them in my mother's garden. She had a rose garden. We'd bury them there and it was fertilizer, but used to spend a lot of time with a bobber and worm and just, I just, for some reason, always loved to fish. Something about us. It's, inherent in our i don't know dna or something there are people that just fish and there's people that that's the last thing they ever want to do yeah it was funny because my dad was not a huge fisherman and that's where a lot of people kind of get it right he he would fish on vacation because myself and my brother like to do it but he would never go out on on his own my grandmother though was quite a fisherman she had a bamboo fly rod that i've given to abby so she was kind of the spark in the family that lit the fire, I think, way back when to, to get us all into fishing. What about the Grateful Dead? Who Love got them. the kids into that? So that was you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I saw a few dead shows back in the day. Yep. Sorry, I'm now getting into vinyl records. And I oh. found Bear's Choice the other day at a used store. And they had Shorts awesome. on the street. That Bear's awesome. Choice sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's we had a lot of fun. I have one good dead story. We, uh, this was, let's see, 1977, I believe. Uh, me and a group of my high school buddies, we decided to go up to Dartmouth to see them play. We got into the show, had a great time. Not sure where we stayed that night. I think we met a camp. Then we headed up to Burlington to see them and could not find a ticket for the life of us. So we checked into a motel there kind of filled the bathtub with beer, kept the door open. People were walking around, coming in, grabbing beers. We're talking about stuff. This girl comes in and says, hey, you know, can I have a beer for Bob? And we're like, no, you know, Bob, you hang with us, forget this. And she goes, no, no, like Bob Weir. In fact, why don't you grab a few beers and come on up? We're all upstairs. So one of our buddies was taking a nap and uh, the rest of us, four of us ran upstairs and we spent the next, seven hours in Jerry's room, just having a great time. So that, that's my, that's my best Jerry story and, and dead story. So that was, that was quite an evening for sure. My goodness. That, that tops everything. We can end the podcast now. That's incredible. <laughs> Super fun. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. So you grew up playing it, playing shows and stuff for your kids and 
Yeah. Yeah. You guys got yeah, a cool yeah. family. You know, I'm very blessed. We have great kids, great wife. Um, we're all super close. We like hanging out with each other. We have a lot of fun together. It's, um, uh, I, you know, that's my most treasured thing for sure. And then living on an island, when you want to go to the mainland, do you take the big ferry or do you take the fishing boat? Uh, it depends. More times than not, the big ferry. It's just convenience-wise. The, the little boat, you, you know, there's a freight, are you speaking of the freight boat? There's a freight boat that runs over there that's kind of fun. We only took the one that our car went on, the big ferry. Yeah, yeah. There's a handful of ways to get here. There's one out of New Bedford. There's one out of Quantic Point, Rhode Island. Um, which if we're coming from Connecticut is a little closer, but those don't take cars. They're just a fast ferry. So Island life, you know, has its challenges, but once you're here, it's just awesome. Were you on the Island mostly for the lockdowns? Uh, yeah. Last year I spent a lot of time here. Yep. Yep. You know, we live on a world of zoom business wise. So it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Zoom is great for podcasting. Where was it 12 years ago? Right. I don't know. My goodness. It's come a long way. Yeah. So was the island mostly empty and you could go fish wherever you wanted? You know, it was really actually pretty busy. Everyone had the same mindset. There was this epiphany that I don't need to go to the office and work. I can work from wherever I want. And it was as busy it's as, as it's ever been for a lot, of the, a, a lot of the pandemic. It was really something else. You know, a lot of the retailers were closed or semi-closed. So the vibe wasn't there, but the population was really strong. How'd you get into the insurance business? So you were uh, high school around late seventies and then college. Yep. Went to college. Um, insurance guy. Went to, went to Franklin Pierce college. It's now Franklin Pierce university and studied business and fished up there a lot. Met my wife up there. Great kind of Southern new England, small school. Had a really good experience there. Got out of school. My dad worked for Aetna and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was, kind of like, hey, dad, what do, you, what do you think about the insurance business? And he said, yeah, you're not, you can't work for me or around me. You got to go cut your teeth. So I uh, started my career selling life insurance and group insurance and ultimately investments with a company called Mass Mutual. That's all I've done ever since. It started my own firm probably a decade, 12 years after I started in the business and just, you know, continue to chip away at it built a great clientele and lo and behold, now I have another business called Crosscurrent Insurance that myself and a, a partner started to really fit the needs of, of the fly fishing industry and the outdoor industry. And that's a, a passion kind of profession driven combo. And it's really gaining some great momentum because we're doing business right. It's, um, you know, not your typical sleepy old insurance agency. It's, it's one that's driven through, caring about what we all do, the, the fishery, and we understand guides and outfitters and lodges. And, you know, we have skin in the game. It's, it's, it's really kind of catching on. So very proud of that. It's definitely a fun part of what I do. So you said lodges, guides, outfitters. Yeah. Manufacturers, anybody really that touches the outdoors. We have hundreds and hundreds of guides as clients. We have a bunch of lodges. Um, we've got a rod manufacturer and a couple, couple other manufacturing companies that are making uh, stuff for the industry. Um, we have a few folks that just love fly fishing, some docks, and they choose to do business with us. We have this thing called cast your vote um, with the cast kind of highlighted where every one of our clients get to cast their vote to who they want our corporate contributions and donations to go to. So we're very, very serious about financially supporting the industry as, as best we can. So we've written checks to Trout Unlimited and Bonefish Tarpon Trust, Casting for Recovery, the Outdoor Guide Association. You know, we just, we want to listen to our clients and be there for them and support the causes we all care about. So I'm going to think that out of that list of category of people that hire you, is it term hire you? What, what would be the... Yeah, they, I mean, they... they they, um, they, they become clients. So, and, clients, yes. you, know, you know, it all started honestly with Abby. So trying to get her insurance when she launched her guiding business and subsequently outfitting business and then shop, Kismet Outfitters, it wasn't easy. You talk to people who have no concept about what fly fishing is, about the 
the needs of a, a guy that they just totally didn't understand it. So chatted with a few folks in the industry and kind of garnered their support and decided to launch a business called CrossCurrent and really specialize in, you know, a, a part of my life that, that myself and my partner, Augusto, just truly, truly love. And we've recruited a bunch of fishy people to work with us. And so we have a great time. We support our clients really well. We think we're doing business differently. Uh, Out of your potential clients, I'm going to say guides, probably arguably the most ones that are going to listen to this show. So let's say somebody's just getting into guiding. There's some high school kid or they're working part-time in college, or they're just some bizarre adult like me. How does okay. it go about? Do they just email you? How, like start, let's say I'm, I'm Billy from New Zealand and I want to get insurance. Great. Great. So the international market adds a complication to it. We, we do have markets for that, but most of our guides are here in the States and Billy from you know, Colorado. Uh, yeah. We have a ton of stuff in Colorado and Montana and you know, the East coast for sure. Crosscurrentinsurance.com is available. Um, there's a very simple inquiry application. Pete Sconzo and Angela Ziogas are our key people that take care of a lot of our guides. And with some basic information, we, we can provide a quote. What makes us a little different is not only if you do have a claim that we can fight that battle for you because you know we know the business and we represent our clients, not the insurance companies. So we are very, very attuned to what can go wrong and how to position you know, a situation to the market. So it's resolved quickly and in favor of our clients. But we also have a pro rata deal. So let's say somebody doesn't guide, but half the year, why pay the full premium, right? For a year. So we're able to kind of shorten that time frame of coverage to accommodate the needs of our guides, which is really appreciated. You know, every dollar that they save is a dollar they can spend on whatever they want to, right? Their family, beer, whatever, more gear, um, Khaki pants and flannel shirts. There we go. <laughs> yes. So incidents. I've been lucky as a guy that nothing major has really happened. We've had some, maybe one twisted ankle, some fish hooks in the fingers. Yeah. Nothing major. What are some of the, the more entertaining and strange things that, that you've come across that have happened to your clients' clients? You know, we're, we're a fairly new company. So, you know, we're about three years old. We haven't had any catastrophic claims, not with. We've heard about stuff, you know, in other areas, but a lot of it has to do with boats. So if you're taking a drift boat down and, you know, you just don't maneuver it correctly or you have a client that's not very stable on their feet and they fall overboard or something like that, you know, those kind of things can happen. And that's why you need insurance. You know, you don't want to lose your assets, your future earnings, all that stuff, because, it might not be your fault. It might be somebody that just, you know, had a bad, bad fall or what have you. You know, we've seen plenty of hooks and ears and stuff like that, but that usually doesn't drive a claim. Do you have a um, gallery somewhere in your computer of hooks and people? <laughs> we, we ran an ad of a kid who was fishing with Abby who put a clouser right through his eyebrow, um, but was very proud of it. And he, he's, he's a friend of my son's too. Um, so we uh, we ran a bunch of ads in Drake magazine with that and got a lot of a lot of funny feedback. It was, a, it was just a classic photo. So I always tell my clients before I take it out, I'm taking a picture of it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. right? It's more reason to smash those barbs. <laughs> no, it's no question about it. For yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, do you have a separate? You have like your main company and then like a little set of cubicles over here for the fly fishing side of the insurance company? Yeah. So I have um, the company that I founded close to well, 30 years ago now. Um, I sold to a bigger firm called NFP and I still am actively involved in that. Um, but a lot of my attention is being spent on the startup being cross current because, you know, it's kind of passion driven too. It's an area that I, I truly love spending time on you know the people you relate with the people you there our clients are awesome it's just a fun deal we go to a lot of the shows try to take our clients out have beers with them you know just just be a friend of the industry and understand it and 
you know, it, you can't tell enough fishing stories, right? It's, it's all good stuff when we're all together at these shows. It's a blast. So, you know, when I kind of, kind of, this will be my second chapter of my insurance career, just running cross current for as long as I possibly can. And I know my partner, Augusto, feels the same way. The folks we have on our team, we're going to give them a path to equity. So there'll be continuity in this, in this company. And we just want to become the go-to place for the fly fishing and outdoor industry. Absolutely. Um, and being the go-to, what sets you apart from other outdoor insurance companies out there? Yeah, there's not that many. I, I think it's twofold. One is our genuine commitment to doing this right. You know, my, I, I have two kids that are guides. I, you know, I'm a partner in a lodge in the Bahamas. So, like, we get this. So we're in deep. And it's a small community in some regards, and our reputation's at stake every day. So we want to perform for our clients, and we want to be the advocate and the go-to advisor of choice. So, you know, I think it's service and it's knowledge are the two key ingredient, two key ingredients that make this work. And I guess blended in there is also this passion commitment that, you know, we're not just taking all our profits and putting them in our pocket. We are sharing um, some of our profits um, with with the with the intent to kind of support the industry, whether it's TU or BTT or whoever it might be that our clients want us to support. We're gladly writing checks to support those organizations. So, you know, in a bit, in a way, it's a little bit of a social enterprise too, that I think our priorities are aligned with what our clients would want us to do and, and supporting their livelihood and what they all love to do is, is critically important because we share that. Orvis has their guide rendezvous. Would you have your clientele rendezvous, like meet up somewhere? You know, we, um, we meet up at a lot of the shows. So we've this this year we've done Denver, uh, New Jersey. We're going to uh, Marlboro, Mass. Um, we're doing IFTD. That's where we see a lot of our our connections. We don't have a like a guide rendezvous yet. We were thinking about going to the guide rendezvous. We I'm not sure if we got in in time this year, but it's those kind of things that are just great. And then you know we fish with people too. So. If our clients are around, you know, what a great way to do something with let's go out fishing. We, we live right near the Farmington River, our, our headquarters, which is a pretty famous trout stream in Connecticut. So that's just right up the street from us and spend some time on the Farmington. Um, and then we'll have some folks out to the vineyard every once in a while, and have some fun. So I want to come back to the fishing, but first there's the benefits of your job. So you get to go fish with people. Let's talk about the different shows. So you've done been all over the country this year. What are some of the benefits of you in your position? You get to stand there all day and schmooze, but after hours, you're yeah. going out, going yeah. fishing. Yeah, so we're, we joke around. We say that, you know, our prime time is about 3.30 in the afternoon till about, you know, 1, 1 in the morning or something when the bars close. And the reason is, you know, the average guy at the show is not our customer. It's the booth next to us or the manufacturer down the aisle. It's because we're really a B2B business supporting those that are in the industry. It's not really, we have a handful of clients that, you know, are retired fishermen that buy their insurance from us, but majority of our work is with folks in the industry. So, but at three 30, you know, you start to see the beers come out and people are, you know, the crowds are dying down and it gives us a chance to hang out and get to know everybody that's in the industry. And we've just had so much fun doing that. And, you know, you go out and you have dinner with a bunch of folks and, you know, we're not, we're just getting to know people. We're not trying to sell anybody. It's just, you know, it's just fun, fun stuff. And we genuinely enjoy hanging with all these guys. They're just, you know, you know the industry Absolutely. It's filled with super fun people. Yes. Sometimes a little too much fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can, you can uh, definitely get in that, that mode sometimes. But. Who have you been stationed next to this year at the shows? With your booth let's see I'm trying to think we had a guy twice who sells what the heck was it it was the little gizmo um that wasn't really something that you know he's a one-man show he travels all over the country doing shows but we've gotten to know a lot of guys that are startups and uh some of the bigger rod manufacturers we're doing we had quite a few conversations with a lot of lodges so we're working on a bunch of lodges up in Alaska right now. We've got 
couple in the Bahamas, one in Belize we're working on. So that, that lodge market is something we're really pursuing. Um, if you need somebody just offering to go check out any of these places, my schedule <laughs> kind of open. All right, all right, Rob, I'll keep that in mind. You know? Never been to the Bahamas, never been to Alaska. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Both are great places. All my best. Both I are great. Missed. I uh, became a partner in uh, a lodge called Soulfly Lodge in the Bahamas over the last year. And it is a very special place. It's in the Berry Islands. It's, it's run by Kyle and Kittry. Schaefer, who uh, Kyle was a guide in Maine and ran Bears Lodge for a while, and they are just doing an unbelievably great job and have had some just amazing fishing trips down there. It's a really, really cool place. Who are some of the people you've met along the way, either at the lodges, at shows? So, yeah, we've had a lot of fun with a lot of people, but, you know, guys like Neville Orsman over at Thomas and Thomas, he's just a, become a very good friend and a supporter of what we're doing and the client. He's been great. He introduces us to a lot of people. There's folks like Andy Bowen, who runs Kahada Outfitters in Blue Ridge. He is a, just a great, great guy, knows everybody in the industry. You know, it's the guys in, that are doing that are successful in this business. That when we hit it off, they become advocates of what we're doing, and it's really helped our growth. You know, our best thing is not necessarily an ad in Drake Magazine. It's good to do. It's it's a great magazine. A lot of readership hits our market, but it's really word of mouth that makes it all happen. You know, it's it's going out and having dinner, going fishing, or telling stories, or whatever it might be that has really clicked with us and our clients. It's, you know, at the end of the day, this is a relationship business and it's forging those relationships over time that, you know, they're, they're deep and, and they're supportive and we try to help each other. Do you have any embarrassing stories about Crosby? <laughs> uh, you're yeah, allowed a few, to tell but a, a, a few, but he's a lot bigger than I am and I'm just going to keep them to myself. So yeah. great guy though. Love Crosby. Yes. All right. What about, uh, so what are some of the places you fished? You get, if you're going out to the bars at night, you're probably not getting much fishing done, but do you ever stay a day or two later to fish Pleasanton or? It's, it's a busy, no, I haven't. It's been a busy, um, it's just a busy time of year. So we really haven't done that. Most of my fishing is on Martha's Vineyard during the summer and spring and fall. The Bahamas I get to when I can. Um, so that's just a tremendous fishery. And then intermittently, you know, when the trip pops up last summer, I went out, my son was in, um, Montana for the winter and headed back East. So I flew out there and he and I did a road trip and spent, you know, the, we planned on driving back for three or four days. We spent like four days fishing and kind of did a straight shot back because we know we, we had to get back, but. It's just so hard to leave there. So we had we had a blast. How are the shows different by location? I've only done Edison and Lancaster of the fly fishing show and then the Virginia fly fishing wine festival. Okay. I've only really gone very far around the country to shows. How to say Denver, just different crowds, different uh, different yeah. khakis, pants, and different plaid shirts. Um, no, they pretty much all look the same. Uh, what difference is the stories more than anything. So, you know, out in Colorado and Denver, you're, you're mainly talking about trout fishing in the Rockies. And that's just super big out there as it should be here on the East coast. You go to the New Jersey show, it's all striper guys, right? And obviously there's a bunch of, bunch of trout guys here too, but there's a lot of, lot more saltwater as you get towards these saltwater regions. A couple of years ago, we did the Georgia show. That's an interesting blend um, in Atlanta you know, a lot of Southern influence down there and very, very, very fishy crowd. We did Lancaster, smaller crowd, very, very dedicated to, to the trout, trout side of things. You know, they're, they're all, they all look the same. They're all pretty much the same. It's really where they're passionate about because, you know, all these guys come up and they share, they pull out their phone. You know, they don't show you pictures of their kids or dog or anything like that. It's all about the fish they caught. And, so the species differ from location to location, but, you know, through the course of a show, we're looking at thousands of people's fishes. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's hilarious. Reminds me of Bugs Bunny when he would show off his 52 kids and you'd open up his wallet and all these pictures of 
baby rabbits would come down. Now it's yeah. here's my phone and these are there's no kid pictures. It's all fish. There's none. There's none. It's all yeah. just fish, fish, fish. Which you know I kind of get, but I, I I keep a few pictures. Mostly I keep, keep pictures of my kids with fish. So you kind of got that dual action there, which is good. How often do you get a fish with Abby? Abby's super busy. Great demand from her clients, but whenever I can, she's a blast to fish with. She's really good. And we have a great time. I think the best time I've ever had with, with Abby is we went to Soulfly Lodge. And two months prior to the trip, I said, Abby, you and I are fishing on Halloween together and we're catching a permit. And I had never caught a permit. So I'm on the bow, my turn, and see three permit come across, big ones. I'm in a full-fledged panic. Abby's barking at me. But I finally put a, a decent cast on him and hooked up to like a 40-pound permitted catch of my life travis our guide uh, was so fired up as was i he and i lost our voice for literally three days because we were hooting and hollering so much i hate to break it to you but that was a that was a huge grouper in disguise it was in a costume <laughs> halloween you're not getting a permit you're getting a yeah. trash fish in costume <laughs> but that was great but anytime i'm fishing with abby i um blessed it's just super fun she's she's an entertaining kid and uh, a very fishy girl and a good one at that so yeah we get out as much as we can during the summer you know sometimes after full days of guiding you know she'll run two trips a day sometimes three a day she'll still want to go out and you know that's the sign of a of a fishy person so fortunate from that perspective trying to get my kid a little more excited about fishing this year the shad are coming in, but I can't take her down where the shad are. It's just not a place for kids. No. <laughs> it's just it's rocky. The water is dangerous, and there's yeah. there's just garbage everywhere. Yeah, it's funny these these kids they took took to fishing early, especially Abby. My son Lars as well, and Avery is the artist. She's she's a great fisherman too. So yeah, it just I, it just clicked with them. For, for whatever reason. And it's become a big part of our lives. That's amazing. That's very rare. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, there were ebbs and flows of it all. Abby, I think what really set the hook with her is um, there was a Father's Day tournament at a golf course. And she was, I think, three years old. And one of those little Mickey Mouse Zebcos caught a massive you know, probably, I don't know, close to 30-inch stocked rainbow and won the trophy that was as big as her. And from that point on, she just kind of loved to fish. And I used to put her on my shoulders. We'd vacation at the shore, either the vineyard or Long Island sometimes, and go out at night for striper fishing. And I'd cast a fly rod, and she'd be on my shoulders and just loved it up there. And then when I hooked up, passed the rod up to her, and she'd fight the fish. And so that kind of stuff was just really, really fun. But she she never got tired of it, which is really kind of cool. Built to built to be a guide, I guess. And what's the name of her brick and mortar now? Is it statement Kismet? Kismet Outfitters, yeah. And that's and in up, Edgartown? Yep, Upper Main Street in Edgartown. You know, kind of a traditional fly fishing shop. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful little beautiful little store. It's fantastic great crew of people that work for her. you know it's just it's it, it she opened up right as the pandemic was getting going so you know it was a little scary that first year when not much was going on a lot of people fortunately turned to fishing because they had time on their hands they weren't going to the office it was this surprise kind of blessing in disguise that business actually worked out pretty darn well during the pandemic. The fishing industry, as you know, is on fire because people have discovered the outdoors. You know, they've, they've had a chance to pause from their life, the rat race that we often get on and, you know, do things like try fishing or hiking or camping or whatever it might be. And people have connected. And it's, I think it's really, really, really healthy for everybody, the industry, for everybody that's doing it. It's really good stuff. What are the chances Abby timed her pregnancy with the spring run? <laughs> and then how long before she's back out? 
after having a kid? I'd give, I, I, so I think the timing is going to be pretty good. So yeah, she was due March 4th. It's March 8th. She's going to deliver anytime now. So On the vineyard? The, yeah. Yep. The stripers will start to arrive in April, May, and I think she will be ready to roll. The timing probably couldn't have been better. Now, I used to guide with my kid in a backpack and a baby Bjorn. And that <laughs> yeah. is very awkward. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it was but cool that I got what? to spend that time. Yeah, it's just, it's, why not, right? Like, bring them out. We, My wife and I brought our kids everywhere. Everything we did, we had them in, in tow with us. And I think, you know, we've loved the outdoors. We spent some time, a lot of time up in New Hampshire when they were young, um, up in the White Mountains. And just, you know, they it's just part of they, who they are. And I think you plant those seeds early, it stays with them for life. When you travel back, would you call it the mainland up there? Yeah, yeah. The mainland. Yeah. Do you have to bring stuff to go fish the Farmington, or do you just have a separate set of gear, point A and point B? Yeah, my house in Connecticut, I have all my trout stuff. So you got freshwater so, house and a saltwater house. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Never thought of it like that, but I guess you're right. So there are uh, there are freshwater species. Is native brook trout on Martha's Vineyard? Abby's caught some. I haven't, I haven't really tried it, but I've seen the stream and uh, it's definitely on my bucket list to do. Have they been there since the ice age? I think so. It, it's, you know, they're not big, but they're beautiful as, as you know, as those fish are, it's just really kind of a cool little secret out here. The other thing we talk about doing, and, and my son's pretty good at this. He, he likes to largemouth bass fish as well. And there's a handful of ponds out here with large largemouth bass and so one of the things we want to do is kind of have a bassapalooza for lack of a better term where you catch a largemouth that are freshwater then you go catch a striped bass and then you catch a black sea bass and Ooh. all in one day that'd be kind of fun to do we haven't done that yet but that's on our agenda so the bass ponds is that where all the mosquitoes are coming from probably yep probably in large degree there's a mosquitoes lot of fresh water here it's it's amazing how are the skunks doing? They're everywhere. Yeah. It's been a while since my dog hasn't been zapped, but they are, they are, there's a lot of skunk out here. There's no natural predator. So yeah. Great horned owl. Yeah, we need, only we need something. <laughs> right. Yeah, I knew about them before we went up. I've only been up once. Okay. And I was a little surprised. I knew they were going to be around, but we got up early to go drive around, and it was just like, <laughs> yeah they'll walk they'll walk down main street in edgerton in july without a care in the world because oh nobody's God. gonna bother yeah they were brushing up against our tent they looked like the blair witch <laughs> i would open up the tent to go outside and take a leak on a tree and there'd be six of them right in the little dusty area in front of my tent i was like zip oh, yeah. go find a gatorade bottle to pee in yeah, there's nothing worse when, you know, your dog gets zapped, you're coming home, it's, and then you have to spend, you know, a bunch of time in the shower with them, tomato juice or whatever potion yeah, you put no on. water. Yeah, it's just. It's water soluble, so water makes it worse. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what are ideal fishing conditions, time, season, year for the vineyard versus Connecticut? What is so your vin- prime, like your yeah. favorite part of the fishing season? So I kind of have two waves on the vineyard. I love the spring fishery because the schoolies are in, the water's crystal clear. You can fish the flats. There's a lot of fish around. They're not huge, but there's a lot of action. Plus it's spring. You're just itching to get out. It's just this, you know, rebirth another year. They're here again. It's just, that is really a special time of year. But the fall, when you have the multitude of species, when you've got bonito, false albacore, stripers, and bluefish hitting, that's that's really, really fun. You know, you, it's just the albie fishery out here is just spectacular. It's, How can one tell the difference visually between an albie and a bonito? Yeah, it's mostly the colorings on the side, and the, and the fins are a little different. And the albies seem to be a little fatter. But yeah, they're they're fun fish. They are the 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 uh, the bonito were in strong, but they didn't stay long this year. 
last couple of years, we've seen more Benito than we've seen in years past, but they don't stick around all that long. The, the Albi fishery was, you know, they, they hang out for quite a while into November. Awesome. What about Connecticut? I just, from what I've grown up reading, Brown Trout River, Caddis and Streamers. Yeah, yep, yeah. There's it's a lot of stock stuff, right? So it's there's rainbows um, and browns. The Farmington's a great fishery. It's a catch and release. A lot of the river freestone tailwater. Stone. Yeah, it's 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 freestone. There's uh, there's a there's a big um, reservoir that at the at the top of the river, if you go the head of the river. You know, some really cold water comes out in there, and it, it's just it's a really well managed. Uh, great fishery. It's getting busy. There's a lot of people on a given day out there, but it's 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 a real gem for Connecticut. Real gem. We also have the Housatonic, which is a little further from us. That's a great river. You can smallmouth in there, and you can trout fish in there, depending on the stretch of river you're in. But yeah, those those are great. And then there's ponds around. You know, if you want to do some bass fishing and stuff like that, they're, they're around too. But the Farmington is really a big destination. You know, you can be in a river and talking to a guy next to you. And, you know, it's a 15 minute ride from my house, but, you know, he's driven two and a half hours from New York to fish a Farmington. You see that all the time. So, you know, it's becoming a real destination. How is it you don't have a New England accent? I don't know. I grew up here. I grew up in Connecticut, moved to Ohio for a little while as a kid, Good then luck, guys. to Massachusetts and then back to Connecticut. So I don't know. Interesting. I, you know, never spent a lot of time in 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 uh, Rhode Island or or Boston where you have the you know the heavier accents. Right. Connecticut's sort of this blend. It's not New York. It's it's not you know the Boston area. It's it has its own sort of blending of the two, I guess. And you've got the, the other islands not too far from you, where the Nantucket nectars drink. That's how I always think of it how's the fishing over on it's three islands in nantucket yeah there's nantucket there's uh tucker nut and then there's muskegon and it, we fish off muskegon a lot that's muskegon channel um it, it it's good water I, I don't run and i don't think gabby does much either run all the way over to nantucket there's no need to the elizabeth islands on the other side of the Mar of martha's vineyard towards the inland that can be really good too. You know, Cuddy Hunk out that way. All those uh, nooks and crannies in those islands are spectacular. Just rocks uh, where stripers can stack up. Yeah, it's really, and there's these cuts through the islands, Quicks Hole and Woods Hole, and, you know, all these places that are kind of epic, famous places that you can have some really good days out there. That's awesome. I don't get cool stuff. Mean. Yeah. Baseball team? Baseball team, I'm a New York Met fan. Okay. Yeah. Been, a, nothing been a bit of a dry run. Been a bit of a dry run, but it is what it is. Right. I grew up, um, my impressionable years of baseball were living in Dayton, Ohio as a kid. We used to go to a lot of Cincinnati Red games. Um, so I was a National League fan, came back east and um, tied into the Mets and have been a Met fan ever since. So. My dad played ball, minor league baseball, for the Red Sox. So they're my separate, they're my second favorite team. And he has this great picture of spring training one year. He's in the locker room, and you can see behind, you know, on the locker, Schuster and then Williams. And Ted Williams is there with his shirt off. Somebody had just given him a new rod. And my son is, this, or my, my dad is just this kid looking up in awe as Ted Williams is just showing off this rod to my dad and a bunch of other guys that aren't in the picture. It's just kind of a treasured, treasured picture of mine. That's bad. He, he hurt his arm, never made it to the big leagues, but had a really, really good run in the minor leagues as a pitcher. He's, he's a big guy, six, four threw hard, but you know, there was no governor. They just, you threw until your arm blew out. So it's kind of what happened to him. My neighbor Douglas used to pitch for the Astros minors. Really? He's a high school pitching coach now. Awesome. And the amount that he, that he makes doing that, I need to double. These, these are high school kids that are probably not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And what their parents are paying. Yeah. Meanwhile, 
I'm putting $600 rods and $300 reels in my client's hands. And, and I'm not charging anywhere what he is. And yeah. I've got more overhead. It's more dangerous. Yeah, the world's oh, gone man. crazy with youth sports in a way. And, you know, we were caught up a little bit in that. And all our kids played every sport on the man. Abby was a good little ball player. You know, I was throwing balls to her as soon as she could stand. And, and she was an all-star in Little League and all that kind of stuff. And then broke my heart and went to, I forget if it was, if it was women's lacrosse or field hockey but decided not to pursue the whole softball avenue. But yeah, they're, they're all pretty good athletes too. My kid starts track this week. Yeah, my son became a great track runner. He, he's a good athlete. He's, he's now 6'4", but he went out for cross country and like tore it up and kind of found his thing. I was misguided. When I signed up for cross country, I just thought it was after school conditioning. I would see yeah. the kids running around resting. And then I start, we're practicing, we're practicing. And then the coach says, all right, we got a 3.2 mile race this weekend. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> I just thought we were running to get, you know, stay in shape off season for spring lacrosse. <laughs> and my, of course my mom's like, you're not quitting. You signed up for this. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I used to run a lot. My knees are really bad now, but running, I miss it. I loved trail running. That was super fun. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, you got to keep those kids busy. That's, that's the key, right? Yeah, your kids don't play Roblox on the computer. No, they don't. That's they all my kid do. wants to do. To we never, outside. we never got them video games, not intentionally. It's just because they never really asked and we didn't push it. So they were outside, you know, as much as they could possibly be. And, you know, I think that's why they're so appreciative of the outdoors now. All of them, they just, they, they love, they love it. Now, mine couldn't even hard. tell you what's in the backyard. Yeah, it's a different world today. It's, I mean, but you know what? I think it's in, inherently built in us as humans to be outside. To, like you talked about camping. Camping's awesome, right? It, like brings you back to your primitive nature's in a way just being out by a fire outside you know it's just it, it can be pretty cushy camping even but it's like it's just fun it just it just puts uh puts life in a different perspective sometimes yeah, i was gonna it's go just, car camping this weekend but there's a saint patrick's day party in the neighborhood so i'm gonna stick around for that no yeah, i'm gonna make a stuffed uh leek and corned beef kind of pizza Whoa, that sounds so awesome. You make the pizza and then you just roll it like a stromboli. And then that goes in the Traeger for an hour. So I did a oh Big Mac God. one recently. We did special sauce, ground beef, and onions. And then rolled that whole thing up. And oh man, incredible. That sounds fantastic. I've never had anything like that. That sounds yeah. fantastic. Well, I, rolled pizza. I got the idea for the Big Mac pizza from a place up on Cape Cod. Okay. It was on the menu. People said, you got to go there for that. And I ended up getting a sandwich and the best potato salad I've ever had. I called the place. I said, I need that recipe. They're like, some guy makes it at his house and drops it off. We don't even know what's in it. Isn't that something, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds really good. All right. I know you've got something coming up in a half hour. So let's go to some random ask questions. Sure. Now to round things off. Uh, if you only had one type of soup to eat for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Uh, clam chowder. Typical from where you are, I guess. And I'm guessing New England style. <laughs> New, yeah, good point. New England style. Okay. Yep. What's one thing people should know before going to the vineyard? Are there common mistakes? Anglers, tourists? Yeah, I would say come a little off season. May, June, September, October. That's when you want to be here. And the fishing's great. Fishing's great. and There's a lot less people. August out here is nuts. So those, those two, those, you know, the bookends of the, of the peak season are fantastic. If you had your own personal groundhog day and woke up in the same place all the time, every day, and it was a good fishery, where would you choose to be stuck in a fishery for, I think they think 30 years is how long 
Bill Murray was in the time loop. Okay. <laughs> you were stuck in one spot. Where would I you think be? I'd be in the Barry Islands in the Bahamas. I, I just can't get sick of the fishery there. It's just this. It's it's a special place. Awesome. Do you have any irrational phobias? I'm not crazy about caterpillars. Really? Weird. The right? hairy ones, the smooth ones. Is it the the fake eyes? Not. It's it's like I, as a kid, I was climbing a tree and like there was thousands of them up there once, and uh, it just freaked me out. So I'm just you know I'm kind of getting over it now that I'm 62. But like it's just a bizarre little thing. I don't like. That is fantastic. So glad you had a great answer for that one. What's like a fishing hack trick, something that somebody taught you once that you utilize all the time and that you can share with others? Boy, uh, man, that's a hard one. I would have to say, uh, I don't have any one thing. It's it, maybe perseverance. Just keep trying, right? I uh, tend to get a little impatient. If there's not a lot of action somewhere, I'll move quickly. And some people have um, that have more patience than I um, sometimes do better. You know, it's a little bit of a waiting game here too. Um, so maybe maybe having a little little bit more patience would be a good suggestion and probably good for me to take my own advice on that one. Do you need to catch fish to have a good time when you're fishing? No, no, no. I don't. It's, uh, was that gradual just, at some point in your life? You just, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, as you mature, it's just the experience of being out there. Catching fish is a bonus. It's, you know, it's why you're out there. It's what you want to do. That's what gets your, your heart pumping and all that stuff. But you get skunk for a day. So what? You had a day on the water. It's just awesome. You're with people you love and having a great time. It's, you know, you can't beat that. If you could snap your fingers like Thanos, from the Marvel movies and correct any environmental issue related to fisheries in an instant, what would be your fisheries thing you'd want to solve? Um, I, I guess it would be, you know, I'm, I'm very conscious about the striped bass fishery up here. And I think it would be to continue the conservation efforts and bring back the striped bass and the numbers and the, and the stocks that we once knew. It'll happen if people pay attention to it, you know, abide by some of the conservation efforts that are out there, but it's a delicate balance. It's an important fishery. And, and, and I think that, you know, just from, if you see a striped bass is something just so classic and beautiful about that fish. Yeah, I would, I would do something to protect the strippers. Where's the best sandwich on the vineyard? Best sandwich on the vineyard. And then we're going to have to do on the mainland in Connecticut as well. Best sandwich on the vineyard is, what the heck's the name of that place? Oh, I'm trying to blank. Um. Oh, God, I'm Rob. I'm spacing on this one. What would you order there? They usually have some like turkey extravaganza thing that's pretty good. So if you're looking for sandwiches, Google turkey extravaganza. We know yeah. the vineyard. <laughs> what about on the mainland? Mainland, um, Nardelli's Deli, and there's a handful of them around Connecticut that is just kick butt. So anything you get there is good. The chicken uh, cutlet sandwich is off the charts. The chicken salad is really, really good. It's just, that's a great, they can't do anything wrong. So, Other than having beers with the Grateful Dead, have you ever had some good celebrity encounters? And are you related to anyone famous? Not related to anybody famous other than my daughter, Abby. Um, and... I really haven't, no, not to speak of. You know, we'll see. We saw Meg Ryan out here on the vineyard. She, so I have a place on Chappie, and she did too. And, you know, I'd see her once in a blue moon, had a chat with her on the, the little ferry one day, which was kind of fun. 
but don't have any connections or close encounters per se with anybody of any great fame. As a kid, I met Pete Rose at a ball He's in game. The news again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, have a couple autographed balls from him. But yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I'm not a big celebrity follower either. You know, it's just there. It's so I don't have any, any heroic stories on that front. What is the etymology or derivation of your first name? Yeah, so I'm a junior. It's my dad's. Uh, it's Roland is German, and it's a spinoff off of, uh, you know, Roland and a couple of other those kind of things. But I have seen, <clears throat> met three other Rollins in my life, spelled the same way, R-O-L-L-I-N. It's an old German name that my grandmother liked, named my dad it, and he liked it and named me it. People bastardize it. It's a hard one. You know, it's Roland. My middle initial is G for Gilbert. It's Who Roland. pronounces it Roland? I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so chose not to pass it on to my son Lars. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's an old German name. And I know you are not related to my college roommate, Chris Schuster. Because you don't have chest hair and like back hair coming out of your shirt. He was a tiny guy, but man was. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a pretty hairless guy. Um, from the top down, there's not mm. a lot, not a lot of follicle action on on my body here. So that's great because in the summer you can eat and you don't get crumbs in your chest hair. <laughs> Doritos shirtless at the pool is not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. oh. Uh, never had that issue. No. All right. What about to end things? I need a story that you had to be there to believe something just you encountered, you saw something other than asking for a beer for Bobby. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, just, I guess it was last summer. My son and I went out fishing and we went offshore a little bit and we're trolling around and we hooked up to something. We weren't sure what it, came off and then I'm reeling it in and about two feet from the transom, this shark came up and hammered this lure. And it was like, holy shit, look at that. And then it dove and then it launched up into the air. It was this Mako and then snapped the line. And it was like, oh my God, that was so cool. We immediately beelined it back. Um, and said, we need to get a big fly rod. So I called Neville at Thomas and Thomas. I said, what's the biggest fly rod you guys make? I want, I need one. And uh, so he shipped one out to us. We've gone out a couple of times since and have not seen anything, but that's something on my bucket list. I want to do is catch a Mako out here on a fly and see him dance around and stuff because they're here. Very and cool. uh, that was cool. That was very cool. And if you get hurt, who are you going to call? You got insurance for that? Yeah, yeah you're going to call Cross Current Insurance. Man. All right. Where can we find you, your company, your family members, anything Great. else for people to yeah, fill sure. out that form? And that form takes, I mean, it's five minutes from the time you fill it out to get a response, I think. Yeah. If you're a guide, we'd love to try to help you. If you're anybody that touches the industry, manufacturer, any anybody, even if you just love fishing. You know, we're an insurance company that's geared to helping you and anybody that touches the outdoors. So um, crosscurrentinsurance.com is our website. And right on there, if you're a guide, there's a quick form you can fill out. We will respond quickly. Usually Pete or Angela follows up on a lot of that stuff. You are welcome to call me anytime, Roland Schuster uh, or my partner, Augusto Russell. And, you know, we will take care of you. We, we greatly appreciate the people that are doing business with us and, and the livelihoods that you know you have in the fishing industry. It's just, it's a tight knit group and we gotta take care of each other. And then if you ever wanna go fishing on the vineyard, call Abby, Kismet Outfitters, Abby Schuster. She's got a really good, really good thing going here. So, and she's one fishy girl. So Rob, this has been fun. Great to, great to chat with you. Thanks so much for having me. If you're ever down in D.C., give me a shout, and I'll give you a shout if I'm up north. Please do. If you ever are up here, let's go fishing, for right, sure. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to 
www.robsnowwhite.com. Podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it, a life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby, 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.